Hello and welcome to the Impact Alumni Podcast. My name is Paul Clifford. I'm the president and CEO of the East Carolina Alumni Association, and I try to produce this podcast on a monthly basis to deliver information related to the profession of alumni relations to fellow alumni relations professionals, the, the things that are on our uh, on our minds on a regular basis. I try to bring uh, alumni professionals from around the country onto the podcast to talk about their situations in hopes that it helps you in your situation. And today I'm uh, excited to have Donna Thornton of the Rutgers Alumni Association, uh, the Rutgers University Alumni Association, here with me on the podcast today. Welcome to the show. Donna. Thanks, Paul. It's great to be here. Well, Donna, you have an awful lot going on at Rutgers. Let me tell folks a little bit about you. Um, Donna is a uh, has come to Rutgers. Uh, previously, she was at the University of Maine Alumni Association, where she began her career in alumni relations. And I'm, I'm intentionally say it that way: began her career in alumni relations because she had a. Uh, a pretty robust career in the public sector before joining the Alumni Association there at Maine and uh, has since then uh, left the University of Maine and come to Rutgers and has led a transformation process at, at Rutgers, which is really, um, at least if it's not serving as a model for other alumni associations around the country, it's a model that other alumni associations are, are looking at closely to see if that's a plan that they might impl- want to implement on their on their campus. But Donna, first, talk a little bit about how you... Um, how you went from your life in the public sector to wanting to work in alumni relations uh, first at your alma mater and now um, doing it at another institution. Well, when I when I uh, was building my career, uh, I was living in Maine and um, I really enjoyed public service a lot, and uh, and so that was where I wanted to, to to head was working in the public sector. As I developed my skill set, um, I I worked in healthcare. Uh, working for Maine's largest mental health uh, community mental health agency, I worked for the, in the private sector. And while I was in the private sector, I was missing that need to do some uh, public good. So I uh, ran for and got elected to the city council in my community and uh, and served the public in that regard as well. Um, as I was looking at my career and uh, looking at opportunities uh, in in my area. Um, the University of Maine, which is my alma mater, as you mentioned, came up uh, with a with a job uh, as the director of a, of uh, the annual fund within the alumni association, and I applied for it. Um, I had not worked in higher education. I thought it might be an interesting place to be, and uh, I was fortunate enough to have been hired for that job. and And shortly into it, uh, I realized that uh, higher ed, public higher education, which uh, Gave me my uh, launched me into my life uh, and gave me the tools to succeed in my life uh, was really where I wanted to be and where I wanted to spend my time and the um, alumni work uh, really was a nice uh, fit for someone who had some of the political skill and drive that I had and uh, and so a marriage was made in heaven and uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to serve the University of Maine and the, its alumni for almost six years, um, and then um, decided to branch out and uh, found Rutgers, and Rutgers found me, and, and here we are. Well, the, the situation that you went into at Rutgers uh, was, was not an easy situation. No, it wasn't. Uh, Rutgers had 
because of its uh, the way the of the university's history and and how it became uh, the State University of New Jersey uh, was really uh, a a university of a variety of parts, and so its alumni organization were uh, parts of the university that were very dedicated to the specific parts that the alumni belonged to, but there was no one vision for alumni relations at Rutgers. There were uh, 19 independent alumni associations working very hard and very um, seriously and, and devotedly to the schools or the uh, colleges uh, with which they were associated, but there was no one uh, university vision for how alumni should relate to its to its to the alma mater and how the alma mater was relating to its alumni. The relationship between the university and its alumni was really broken in that respect. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I, I talked about um, how this new model that we're going to talk about in just a minute um, was was. It's a model that people are looking at to see how successful it's going to be at Rutgers. And yet, the previous model was a model that no one duplicated. Right. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so unique to Rutgers that people who, um, who attempted to learn about the way Rutgers engaged alumni prior to you coming there um, would always scratch their head and wonder, how did this, uh, how did this happen? Right. It was always perplexing to to those of us in the profession. But so you jump into all these nineteen different alumni associations, and you have the charge of of serving the the four hundred thousand plus alumni of Rutgers. That's that's exactly right. <laughs> and uh, and and the the university had taken a step prior to me coming here, in in that it had uh, also addressed the issue of how its undergraduate education on the New Brunswick campus was organized. It, too, uh, was uh, different colleges that uh, shared a faculty but did not share common admission standards and common uh, graduation standards. And so there were five different standards on campus. And if you took a course in one college and transferred to another, the credits might not transfer. So that was broken, too. And the university uh, took steps to eliminate that and to combine undergraduate education. At, at Rutgers, and so the next logical step was to look at the alumni situation and say, now that we've unified our undergraduate body, how are we going to structure our alumni relations to maximize uh, our relationship with alumni and to make it a better experience for the alumni? So we uh, appointed a task force of alumni to take a look at that, and we spent a year studying best practices around the country. We uh, we did a lot of uh, research internally, a lot of soul-searching internally, and came out of that process with recommendations to the president um, of the university, Dr. McC Richard McCormick, and to the university's board of governors, which eventually um, adopted the changes, and, and we went on to implementing them um, in two, starting in 2008. So the, the changes are, are, are both multi-layered and, and expansive. I mean, it is a... Um, as complete a transformation of a program as as possibly could have happened at Rutgers, uh, you know there there were probably, you know there could have been incremental changes, but this is a, a almost a revolutionary change in the way things were done. And now you have the new single, all-encompassing Rutgers University Alumni Association that'll include all Rutgers graduates from all campuses. Talk about. Um, from a from a volunteer management or from a public relations side of this, there there had to have been politics 
uh, that you had to fight through all along the way with taking the power structure out of the hands of 19 and, and putting it in one central location. Yeah, it was it was important that uh, we do the best that we could do to um, to communicate and be transparent with these organizations. Um, a little bit about how the staff was structured might help understand how we moved forward. The staff that, uh, when, when I arrived here and there were 19 alumni associations, the, the uh, alumni associations were uh, brought together under the uh, rubric of uh, what we called the Federation. So the Federation was where all 19 alumni associations gathered to uh, exchange information, um, and Federation was the entity that um, served as the overarching organization for uh, some of the activities that, that happened, including the credit card and, and uh, a lot of the insurance monies and the membership program. So the Federation collected those dollars and then through a revenue-sharing process gave them back to the 19 alumni associations. Um, and, and the university's role in that was to supply and uh, pay for the staff. So the staff were and still are university employees, um, and, and they all were assigned to the alumni associations and really served as the executive directors of each one of the alumni associations. So. Um, they, we all worked in one department, but, but each association ran its group independently. So there wasn't necessarily a consistent alumni experience uh, within Rutgers uh, because of the diversity of the 19 alumni associations. But we worked hard to bring them together um, under, uh, under the umbrella for major events like homecoming and reunion. Um, so, so we, we re- literally uh, decided it was a conscious decision not to incre- incrementally implement this. We split the switch on July 1, 2008, and, and basically, sa- basically said, um, now I'm reorganizing my alumni relations staff, so we're functionally reorganized now, not organized by school. And uh, to get to that point, though, we worked with uh, the associations over uh, a period of time, I think it was about six months, uh, transitioning them out of the dependence on our uh, our staff and helping them to become more volunteer driven. Um, it's we're still uh, in that process of helping organizations uh, become volunteer driven because, and so, honestly, some of them are adapting to it better than others. Um, and, and, but their uh, work and their affiliation with their colleges is just as important. So we are trying very hard to make sure that that happens. On a public relations uh, point of view, uh, in, in terms of letting all of the alumni know what had happened, um, it really only affected, uh, it, it affected all of them, and it affected the dues payers in particular because we eliminated dues in this whole process to make everybody a member of the Alumni Association. And that was really exciting for um, a lot of the alums who uh, hadn't, were, weren't, weren't uh, really sure that the Alumni Association was where they wanted to affiliate, but they were eager and hungry for news about Rutgers and to know what was going on at Rutgers and to participate with Rutgers on their own terms. Now, Donna, it's, it's, uh, it strikes me that 
three things, um, three real important things happened here to make this possible. And, and tell me if I'm if I'm off base here. But uh, the first thing is is that the membership program that you alluded to under the federation has now gone away. Um, the RUAA does not collect dues. Membership is free and automatic. So I think that's the first big thing that happened. Correct. The second big thing was you being appointed to the the president's cabinet elevated the um at least at, at least in uh perception wise where the university values their alumni uh by putting your position on his cabinet means that he um he recognizes that alumni are among the most important constituencies uh that's not always the case on many campuses but I saw that as uh the second key thing that happened and then the third key thing um is that once this report came back and once the the uh president's commission uh reported back to him he put money behind it to fund all of these changes talk a little bit about those three significant points all of those uh you're you're absolutely right on all of those and um and when the task force did its uh, uh research um, they they looked at best practices, as I've mentioned, and, and one of the things that really struck them was that the inclusivity or, or the, uh, excuse me, the exclusivity of a membership program and that um, members, uh, members were, uh, were, were the federation uh, programmed to the members of the specific alumni associations, but the university was, pro- was not programming to anybody. Right. And, and so... Um, the decision to eliminate the dues because the dues revenue was not coming to the university that was one issue it, it so it didn't um, make a, a finan- it didn't have a financial implication for the university in terms of losing dues money um, but it uh, and, and and we felt very strongly that if we were going to make an investment of dollars in alumni relations to take on a membership program that was uh, that had seven percent or less participation. Uh, over the last five years, um, the investment in the incremental uh, amount of engagement would not uh, be as significant as if we were to invest the money in a uh, complete uh, all alumni marketing program. And and so the the task force recommended to eliminate the dues and uh, and to make everybody an alum. And and what happened in that, is, I mean, make everybody a member. So what happened with that is that. That meant that uh, we also made the decision to send the magazine to all alumni, which was huge because the uh, magazine circulation before was 700,000. Uh, now, I mean, seven, boy, I'm getting everything. It was 70,000. <laughs> right, right. And now it's, uh, the circulation is 350,000. Wow. And so that was a major financial uh, uh Investment that the university felt was important uh, to uh, reconnect with the alums. We had done some research which had indicated that um, alumni were getting their information from sources that uh, didn't necessarily view the university in favorable lights all the time. Right. Um, there was lots of great things going on at Rutgers that we want our alumni to know about. And uh, and so we made that decision to uh, send the magazine. It, so that has changed the editorial content of the magazine significantly because now the major audience is alumni. It's not donors and um, it, it's not going to a small group of donors and members. It's going to the entire alumni base. So we've really 
uh, worked hard to improve the uh, content of the magazine and change the focus of the magazine. The 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 uh, position of of uh, or my position going and being named to the cabinet was also something that was, uh, as you mentioned, symbolic but very important to the task force uh, in it, in terms of the money. But it also uh, it told the alumni body and, and the rest of the university that alumni do have a seat at the table within the alumni community, that we are uh, considered uh, important, and uh, that um, that alumni relations uh, is integral to whatever happens within the university community, and um, and so that message was uh, was sent and received very well, and uh, continues to be a great experience for I think all of us. Well, Donna, let me let me switch gears a little bit on you. I, in the the coming week, we're going to spend some time together up in Burlington, Vermont, uh, as part of the faculty for the Summer Institute and Alumni Relations. Uh, this is this will be my third year on the faculty. It'll be your first year. You're right. you're certainly in for a treat. It's uh, it is uh, as intense of a training that I've ever been a part of. It's uh, it, it's fun, but it's uh, uh, you'll be exhausted at the end of it. Talk a little bit about the. Presentations that you're that you will be speaking on. I see metrics and alumni relations, and boy, that's that's got to tie into uh, you know the new program that you've just laid out for Rutgers. Uh, they probably have tied um, measures of success uh, into measuring whether this was a good decision or not. So you're probably the perfect person uh, in the country at this point to present on metrics and alumni relations. But talk a little bit about the presentations that you're going to be giving up there. Well, the metrics one, uh, I think it's because I'm the rookie. I, it's a solo presentation where <laughs> it's a co-presentation. And so I, I know I got the short straw on that one. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that, actually. Uh, we've got a, we do have a, uh, a great uh, story to tell and how we have uh, measured our success here, I think, can be, instruct, uh, can be instructive to the participants, so I'm looking forward to that. The the one thing I've learned in this transformation and in preparing for uh, this conference and this week-long uh, adventure we're going on in Vermont is that there is no cookie-cutter approach to alumni relations. Uh, you really have to look very carefully at, the, uh, of, at what's going on at institutions that you admire and that you think do things well and see if they, you can adapt them to your institution because no institution has the same uh, culture, uh, the same, no, alum, no alumni body has the same uh, institutional experience. And so you really need to uh, craft your own unique um, experience for your alumni based on what others are doing, but not, you can't just uh, pluck Rutgers uh, or East Carolina's uh, great alumni relations programs out and put them in another institution and expect them to be successful. So um, I'm hoping that I can provide uh, some kernels of knowledge that that the uh, members who are participating can take back and uh, be excited about looking at whether they'll work at their institution and adapt them and maybe uh, get back to us who are teaching and say, look, I, I used your idea, this is what we did, and this is how it worked, and maybe we can, uh, you know, learn from what they're doing too absolutely i i I always say that um even though i'm on the faculty i probably learn as much if not more from participating in these conferences uh 
then quite frankly, I give out. So yeah, I feel well, like I'm I, I, a little bit. The, the, I, I am joking with people when I uh, tell them that I have no idea what they think I can talk about for a week in alumni relations. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but so, I'm going to give it the, tr- the old college try. <laughs> that's great. Uh, we, will, we will have a lot of fun up there. It'll, it, it's just, like I said, it's, it's intense and it's uh, very rigorous, but it's also... Uh, extremely rewarding. So. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Donna, I want to thank you for joining me today on the Impact Alumni Podcast. For those of you out there listening, you can uh, visit our website at alumnipodcast.com to, to listen to this show or to download uh, past episodes of the Impact Alumni Podcast. You can connect with the show also on Facebook, Twitter, and on our LinkedIn pages. That's all for now. Take care.